During the 2008 writer's strike, in hopes of preventing a work stoppage, Joss Whedon personally funded and worked closely with his family on a new project. The result was a three-part musical made for an internet release. Now, 2008 was the wild west of the internet, and releasing a project in such a way was never seen before. But Joss had a plan that he intended to execute. Did he succeed in creating a cult classic? I'm James Hockenjoes, and this is The Rewind. Hey guys, this is Jimmy, and you're listening to The Rewind, presented by House of Hats Podcast Network. Your scientists are so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they just don't think they should. Never tell me the odds. The Rewind. The Rewind. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of House of Havoc Presents The Rewind. As always, to my right, Mr. Gage Zangi. Howdy. Filling in for our usual producer, Miss Emily Short, we have our friend Matt Oro here. Hi. He said hi like as if he was mic'd, but the mic is next to him. He's still doing He's still doing hey, producer everybody. stuff. everybody. How's it going? Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. First time in a long time. <laughs> so, recording recording today from uh, Bed Stuy, from the Cause, the infamous Cause. We've done a few podcasts here, none of them successful, not one. Let's not see if one, this is one launched, breaks but the curse. This one is going to be recorded here, and we're going to see what happens. Mm-hmm. All right, baby. So today we are discussing Doctor Horrible's sing along blog. Yes, which is not actually a movie, but we decided, fuck it, we're going to do it anyway. It's a three part web series. I call it a short film. It was originally released in three parts. Yeah. And it it was an internet release. It's technically an internet web series. You looked all this up? I did. I I, I saw From the end of the movie till till now, I've been looking stuff up. Do you even watch movies? Yeah. I pulled into the experience. (laughs) I looked it up after the movie. Nolan would shit in his pants. I allowed myself to enjoy the movie. And then after the movie, there's been about an hour... Since the movie ended. Uh, I thought you said during the movie. No, no, no. Between the finish of the movie and now, I have looked all of this stuff up. Okay, fair. Fair enough. Now, tell me about it. It Uh, was released as a three-part. Released as a three-part internet series. Directed, of course, by Joss Whedon. Written by Joss, Zach, and Jed Whedon. As well as Marissa Taran. Look it up. It's it's Joss's sister-in-law. I don't know why my brain was running through movies that we could possibly do for this. Tanshir Owen. Who? Marissa Tanshir Owen. T-A-N-C-H-E-R-O-E-N. I imagine it's either Zach or Judd's wife because she was listed as Joss's sister-in-law. How did we get... I'm trying to think of what we were talking... We were trying to figure out what movie to watch... And then my mind was just running through all the movies that I have over there. And I saw Cabin in the Woods. And I said, oh, Josh Whedon films. But I don't know the last time Jim saw that. Oh, wait. Dr. Horrible. That's only 40 minutes. We could just watch that right now. And it's great because he's being canceled. And that was my whole We're trying to be canceled, right? I was like, oh, okay, that's relevant. We'll just get out ahead of it now. We don't condone Josh Whedon and and everything that he's been alleged. This is going to... We're going to say it once, we're going to do it once, we're going to do it right, as the great Tim Dillon says. We're going to get it out of the way now. We don't condone the allegations. We're yeah. just moving on with hey, it. Hey, sample this. If you actually rape somebody, I don't condone it. He doesn't yeah. condone it. <laughs> Let me hear that from the aggregators. So written and directed by Joss and his brothers helped write music written by Joss and Jed. Jed was a composer, which is some, this is news oh, to no me. shit. What else did he compose? Didn't look that up. Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> produced we'll away uh, starring obviously Neil Patrick Harris Nathan Fillion as Captain Hammer Felicia Day as Penny and Simon Helberg as Moist okay the Big Bang guy the Big Bang Theory guy it was released on, originally released on the internet in three separate acts um, actually it won a couple of internet awards I screenshotted it let me pull that up right now <clears throat> did you forget what you were looking up yeah, I had no idea what he asked me. Jed Whedon film is a film composer. He's Joss Whedon's brother. We're just trying to figure out anything else that he's composed. Jed Whedon. Guy sounds like a nerd. 
was written during yeah. the 2007 <laughs> 2008 Writers Guild of America strike. Uh, Joss Whedon wanted to do something that was Would quick. He quick. It to the man? No, he wanted to write something and make something that was quick and easy, but still professionally done. And they so, had two of those. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, it won the People's Choice Award for Favorite Online Sensation and the 2009 Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation in Short Form. In the inaugural 2009 Streaming Awards for Web Television, Dr. Horrible won seven awards. Audience Choice Award for Best Web Series, Best Directing for a Comedy Web Series, Best Writing for a Comedy Web Series, Best Male Actor in a Comedy Web Series for Neil Patrick Harris, obviously. Best Editing, Best Cinematography, and Best Original Music. Also won 2009 Creative Arts Emmy Award for Outstanding Special Class Short Format Live Action Entertainment Programs. Were there any other web series out this year? I couldn't tell you. This is definitely the very early days of internet like independent releases. I love this um, movie. I love the writing and I love the directing and I love the acting and the music and even the editing to some extent, but I do not love the cinematography. No, I mean, it's kind of, it's almost like campy on purpose though, right? It kind of feels on that purpose way. purpose in the sense where they're like, we don't have a lot of money. Let's purposely not try to spend more than right. we Right, well, I, we'll get to that right now. Joss Whedon funded the entire thing himself. 20 grand. 40 grand. Way higher. 112,000. 200,000. All right. $200,000, Josh Whedon funded it. His plan making it was to release it via the internet. Mm-hmm. Partner up with a couple of companies, hopefully iTunes, and then if it's as big as he hopes, they'll they'll do DVD sales and, sh- and shit like that. Pretty much exactly how it went down. Released it originally on their own website, DrHorribleSingalongBlog.com, I believe was the website. Was originally where they released their first teaser trailer, and they released, powered with Hulu and iTunes, they released the three acts. I believe they came out July 15th, 2008, July 17th, 2008, July 19th, 2008. And then on the 20th, they pulled it as planned. Then on the 28th, it went up on Hulu, mm-hmm. followed by a DVD release eventually. And they were picked up by Netflix in 2010, dropped by Netflix in 2014. They had a couple of deals with Hulu. Couldn't find any numbers on what they actually made. But in 2015, Joss Whedon shook the airwaves of the internet by stating that he's made more money to date on Dr. Horrible than what Disney and Marvel paid him for the first Avengers film. Give me, your, give me your dish on that. That's a film that grows six hundred million worldwide. I believe that a lot. I don't know. I don't really, like. Couldn't get any solid numbers on what they've made, but that was all I could see. Where, like, what? Where did he lie? I also couldn't the, see. Where did he, he lie in the Marvels movies? Like, how, what? Was I couldn't it? see what he made. I couldn't find what he made for Avengers, but for Age of Ultron, he made ten million dollars. Whoa! So imagine Avengers. He said and he, he got up all the money for. For he, Dr. Horrible? For Dr. Horrible, he put up all of his own money. And he had it with Netflix for four years? It, 2010 to 2014 is when it was off Netflix. Oh, and that must have been like... Ooh. And DVD sales. That I was mean, when Netflix wasn't making anything, so they were just dishing out cash for content. Right. Huh. Right. He made the entire film on basically a skeletal crew um, outside of uh, Josh and his two brothers. I think they had like a three-person crew. I believe plus that. uh you know the cast yeah um what else that might be it on that that's definitely it on on the awards that they won give me one minute here by the way it seems like joss joss whedon basically just follows his brother around does whatever he does you mean jack Jad- 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 yeah yeah sorry Back so he's there. composed josh whedon films did he work on the, the avengers movies uh, it looks like it. Whedon worked with his wife and brother, Joss. Did he work on Toy Story? Who am I on right now? We're on Jed. You want Jed or Joss? Jed. I want to find out about Jed. Jed. I know about Joss. And he's... Doesn't look like he... Yeah, I'm not seeing Toy Story. too much. Um... Nope. Buffy the Vampire Slayer... Dollhouse. Toy Story right there. Oh, yeah. Toy Story. The Avengers. This man directed The Avengers. Hmm? That's Joss directed The Avengers and Much Ado About Nothing. He might have had a partial directing credit on it, but those are Joss Whedon movies. 
Wait, which one are we talking about right now? Joss, the Avengers, yeah. Much Ado About Same person. Yeah. Which is a good segue into what I was getting to next. Joss Whedon actually said the... It's the word I'm looking for. The feelings that he made making Dr. Horrible. Mm-hmm. Gratification. That's the word I was looking for. The gratification of yeah. making... SAT word there. The gratification... Well, this is actually a quote from him. Uh-huh. The gratification of making Dr. Horrible is what gave him the inspiration and the confidence to make 2012's Much Ado About Nothing, yeah. which was shot in his own home. Yeah, over the course of Which like I know you're days, a fan. Right? Yeah, over the course of a few No, days. I'm not exactly a fan of that movie because I watched it one time. And, and the honest, one time you watched fully... it was the time we watched it together. Sir, back up from the yeah. mic. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I remember in that movie, there's one line that some dude... That, oh. Well, Much Ado About Nothing Shakespeare play, right? Yeah. Which is... The movie's about nothing. Um, his homie said something like, I don't trust any man that wears a condom because that means he doesn't trust himself. I was like, whoa, that's a wild line to throw in there. That's a wild line, especially if that's a Shakespeare line. That whole thing is in I Shakespeare. Don't know, right? Yeah, I don't know if that's straight out of the play or if that was that. I mean, it might be to, you know. Were condoms around back then? Matt, were condoms around yeah. in Shakespeare time? <laughs> condoms, condoms around in the, what, 1800s Shakespeare? Oh, Emily would be so mad. Mm. I think it's earlier than that, yeah. Who knows? Who cares? Shakespeare's dead. <laughs> Guy did good work. but uh, Shakespeare died in 1616. Condoms so weren't around until 1855. So that guy fucked raw. That's all he I got. Trust himself. Or he didn't fuck. I don't know. Yeah, no, fun. these guys were fucking, dude. Yeah, to these guys had to be fucking in the 1500s. Come on. Or, so, yeah, no, they. Okay. What? In terms okay, of. They had to. We still have people today. They were fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. people <laughs> been fucking. Your grandmother fucked for you. Ah, uh, yeah, all right. And for that, you're going on a 10 second mute. <laughs> oh, my God. Have we put up a penalty timer. <laughs> this guy's got me in the box. <laughs> Did you mute Where me? we just get to shit on you. There First should be off, a constant game going back and forth where when you get that 10 second penalty, like he could just go off and start rattling off points. Yeah. Like, First off, hair, stupid. Secondly, great movie. You don't appreciate it. Ding. Third, uh, what movie? Dr. Horrible. I did appreciate no, I Dr. Horrible. No, Come on, now. coming at you. Oh, also, um, fun fact uh, Neil Patrick Harris did his own stunts in the movie. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris, a man of stunts, also a man of magic. He's a close up magician. Is he? Yeah. I could totally see that. <laughs> um, yeah. There did is... he do any magic in like, How I Met um, Your Mother? All of the characters in How I Met Your Mother have certain quirks that are the actual actor's quirk. Mm. Like Jason Siegel writes little jingles about everything oh in the in the movie and he's actually like he composed the muppet movie he, he's an actual like writer like really? song, songwriter yeah yeah, yeah. Look at that. that was one of the reasons he wanted to leave before they finished the last season because he wanted to do the muppet movie which oh. he wound up doing uh he's a close-up neil patrick harris close-up magic magician who does cl- plenty of close-up yeah. magic to pick up girls and high met your mother and there's a couple for the other two i forget yeah. what they were though All not right, relevant to this film yeah let's jump back into that all right, so we learned about how it was released. I think I first saw this. I saw it in eleventh grade. Well, it was released. It was released in 08. Grade. It was released in 08, which would have been, which would have put us in summer of 08. Would have put us going into our sophomore year. Okay. So if you saw it when you were in eleventh grade, eleventh or twelfth grade, I think. Matt, do you remember if you were? Kelsch put on this thing, and then you were like, "I don't want to watch it." Were you in Kelsch's class though, or you just came to fuck around? Uh, I think it happened twice. Okay. One time I was okay. fucking around for you guys, <laughs> and the second time it was like, now you're in my class, you're supposed to watch it. And I was like, nah, I'm still going to fuck around. Okay, so my teacher back in high school and our like... Shout out, Kelsch. Yeah, advertising design, whatever, like media class, was awesome and showed us this movie. Um, You go into it thinking like... Me, anyway, I went into it thinking, like, I don't like musicals. I don't want to fucking watch this thing. And then the jokes come. It starts hitting. And you're like, oh, oh this is I instantly this expected, is smarter than a musical. I in- instantly expected greatness. Yeah. Three you, minutes in, I instantly expected to enjoy myself for the next 41 minutes or however long this thing runs for. Yeah. Just right away, just from the way you see him sitting down in, in his getup, 
just Neil throwing fireballs from the, from the <laughs> fucking start. Dude, that guy doesn't miss. No. Neil Patrick Harris doesn't miss. I don't care what you say. The guy's amazing. Anything he's in, I'm going to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, the jokes are great. The Most of the song, I mean, the, the music tells a story, which is obviously the point of a musical, mm-hmm. but not something that you necessarily expect to be so well written in something like this. Yeah. Like when you when when we talk about these movies, especially things like this that are like real low budget, real like you know, cheaply done, you got to take it for what it is. I mm-hmm. think when you when you take it from that angle, taking it from what it is, it exceeds expectations. Yeah, I want to know how this would play if it wasn't like Neil Patrick Harris, if it was just like random low level actors and it was a real indie film and they. Didn't have the connections or I'm willing to bet we probably wouldn't be talking about it today. No, I don't think I would have seen it. But like, I mean, I think that the script is so good that I really wonder if it could have done as well without Neil Patrick Harris. Not financially, but as a movie itself. It probably would still work because like the writing is super strong. But there's just something about NPH, man. Yeah. There's just something. I mean, am I wrong? Dude, how sick would it be if they remade this movie? They remade like it a, right now with all the same with actors. A, yeah, but like, like real how, budget and like yeah, yeah, like what cool. they did with Wet Hot, Wet Hot American Summer. Oh yeah, remake it ten part Netflix series. That's one we should do. We need production credits on that Netflix if you pick that up. Actually, they you can... want production credit on the idea of remaking a movie <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's already been made? Okay, I just gave <laughs> that was the idea. Sure. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> just making sure that's how that works. Q pay me. Yeah, or give me a special thing. <laughs> Or just shout out the podcast. <laughs> Give me fucking something. Okay. What are some of what are some of your tidbits? How do we do this again? Do like a score. First time you've seen it or something. Oh yeah. Well, this is definitely the first time that I saw it. Yeah. Reason I'd never seen it before because I never fucking heard of it until a few hours ago when I walked in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Thought it was exceed. Like I said, exceeded expectations. I'm always going to be, and you said Neil Patrick Harris and Joss Whedon. I'm like, fire it up. Say no more, Chief. Mm-hmm. I'll be ready in three minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was good. You know, I enjoyed my time. I never once was checking the clock to see when this piece of shit was going to be over, which I find myself doing a lot. Not so much lately, but like from like 2014 to 2017, you find yourself a lot looking like, oh, it's only been an hour. This thing's an hour and 20 minutes longer. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know. That was, I think that's been a problem like over the last decade in movies where not every movie needs to be 227. Yeah. Not every movie not needs to be two it. hours plus. Yeah. Some movies can be told in 90 minutes. Yeah. And this being 40, you know, fast paced, breaks the fact that it breaks up, it's in three separate acts, mm-hmm. um, makes it, I don't know if that makes it feel like it's fast, more faster paced. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's kind of in three separate vignettes. And if you were watching it live, it is three separate. Things. I wonder I mean, how it would play a, if you didn't have if you didn't watch it as one forty minute movie. Like, if like I wonder how it would play if you watched it, you, it on July fifteenth and then you yeah. watched Act Two on the seventeenth and then you watched would, Act Three would, on the nineteenth. I think it would play really well. I think that was a smart decision to make because if you just released it as a forty minute movie, then it would be like you're not going to get nearly as many eyeballs on it. Yeah, because just the idea of does committing a forty to that, minute movie like, work. Uh, yeah. Is it considered a feature? What do you consider a feature? Like, what do they consider a feature? Isn't it like over seventy five minutes or something? Stand by. I figured I'm at like, least one year with all the schooling would just know. 40 minutes is a short film. Oh, by the way, everyone knows Matt and Emma, uh, Gage and Emily's deal already. Matt, uh, TV radio degree from Oswego University, currently in the camera union. Local 600, baby. There you go. Just so everyone knows, a little tidbit about Matt. I'm Teacher still film. the only one to ever speak on this podcast <laughs> with no film industry credits. So That's what makes you the most special. Let's go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a feature film runs for more than 40 minutes. Oh, technically got it then. It ran While at like 41. the Screen Actors Guild asserts that a feature running time is 75 minutes or longer. So the ultimate mm-hmm. stick it to the man. We wrote it and made it during the Screen Actors Guild writer's strike. Made it no, just, just the writer's strike? Or is the those? Screen Actors Guild writer's strike oh. is what I wrote. Oh, he needs some milk! Sorry. What the fuck was that? Who the fuck is this guy? Who the fuck is that guy? 
So 40 minutes technically makes it a feature. This runtime was 41 and change, I believe. And but still not by sig- my standard. significantly under and not by the SAG standard either. But it's not a feature film. It's a three part web series. Yeah. Technically, this is three speaking 13 s- or so minute episodes. Speaking of SAG, making a lot of people upset these days. A lot of people unhappy with SAG. I'm not plugged into why people are upset I, they, with SAG. Um, recently made like TikTok and Instagram stars eligible to be SAG. Mm, so interesting. Actors are like this fucking real dilutes. actors yeah, who have like, been this dilutes the craft. That, yeah, I don't even get health insurance. That's a little absurd. Yeah, um, they're mostly no talent pieces of garbage on these apps. <laughs> I mean, you come across a couple of really talented people who would have otherwise never, um, never been found. Those are the ones. Those there's, are the ones. That there's plenty. Like you know how mad it makes me almost on a daily basis. Every day I wake up knowing that Addison Ray and Charlie D'Amelio are millionaires. This they, would have been the perfect time for the soundboard. I, I blew my, my they do fucking nothing, dude. Mm-hmm. Even to the point she has like a sponsorship deal with Dunkin' Donuts now where they have their own Dunkin' Donuts drink called the Charlie. You know what it is? It's a no. fucking, it's like a regular medium cold latte with an extra pop of caramel. Charlie. Wait, are you talking about the blonde? The little 16-year-old girl, Charlie no. DeMello, 17 now, uh, I think. No, I don't know. No, she's not blonde. But she's the like, she like started TikTok two Junes ago and was the number one number one follower had the number one following on TikTok after being on the app for like eight months mm-hmm. super famous wild drives me insane that she's rich but yeah. now she's in SAG and rich or maybe not maybe she's like fuck you on maybe she's not me. maybe she's not in SAG yeah I am the network <laughs> pull the Jay-Z at the Super Bowl what how about you uh, oh, at, first we're going time at, I saw it? Yeah. Oh, first time I saw it. Yeah, like you I just said. You're just getting into it. You're in high school. That yep. communication design class in like 2010 or something. Had to watch it. I I mean, I didn't have, not, I didn't not, have to do anything not many in that class. It just, I like sat down and watched it. And it was a good watch. Not while we're on this, not many films that you kind of have to sit through or either fuddle, fuddle around on your phone with during class in high school that are like good, really good movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, bang, bang, you're dead. Bang, bang. No, Bang uh, Bang no, Your Dad. You never saw Bang Bang Your Dad? No. You know the one. You know what it is, right? It's like the Combine deal. Oh yes. I yeah. Do. yeah. You watch it in health or something in like in high school. Yeah. I feel like I watched that on a big screen, or maybe they just had something. That was like an indie movie that wound up blowing. I'm sure it did like the uh-huh. the festival run before it blew up. Yeah. What, what was the point bang, of bringing that up? Just not many movies you see that you're forced to watch in school that are really good films. Bang Bang Your oh, Dad. Oh well, I took a fucking film class, so we were watching like up and. Right, I'm like for regular people. I'm speaking yes. about you had at your senior year in high school four out of eight periods a day were one class, right? Yes. Yeah, I didn't have that. Just all focusing on this. So my point was, bang bang, you're dead. Day. Good film. We should do that one day, but that's not today. So your first time in this class, how did you think of it when you were watching it first? Time? I thought mm-hmm. I was a kid. I didn't like sing-alongs, and then this completely changed my mind about sing-alongs, like or musicals or whatever. Like a good musical, dude. Musicals yeah. are fun. Yeah. Now I do. I don't think I gave a shit before that. It was well, like when you're Grease teenage, and go who, fuck your mother. What you know? teenage boy wants to fucking admit that they like sing-alongs? But it's like, listen, the fact is Guys and Dolls is a good play. You know? You I just, haven't seen Guys and Dolls. You, you never, you never liked, seen, bro, I you gotta watch making the, fun of the, West Brando, Side Story. the Brando Sinatra version. There's a Brando Sinatra. Brando, Brando and Sinatra. Yeah, it's uh, a movie. Guys oh. and Dolls. Yeah, phenomenal. So I remember I liked Grease. Always liked Grease since I was a kid. And I liked making fun of West Side Story. And that was it. And then I saw this and I was like, oh, okay. So this, it could be cool. Greatest Showman, yes or no? I haven't seen it. I was like about to watch it. If and you have a friend was fan, like, and if you have a newfound appreciation of musicals, check that one out. Yeah. Greatest Showman's a good one. The Hugh first Jackman, person to recommend that to Hugh me. Jackman, mega talented. Well, when it was coming out, Emily wanted to see it. It's not so. a newfound like for musicals. I mean, it's been like half my life now that I like musicals. Okay, well, give but out the greatest, give the greatest showman. A La La Land, excellent La fucking La movie. La La Land, good one. Musicals are good, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so you liked it, indeed. High school turned this seeing this movie turned you around on a whole genre, possibly. Yeah, and and you- not only that, but it was an important fucking lesson in turning around on indie films and no budget films. That's probably the most important thing because I still. Like, I don't know. I've probably seen this like five times now. And it was just my first lesson of like, you don't need a big budget to make something good. 
you don't need these resources that you're constantly kicking yourself in the ass for not having to make something that's entertaining that people want to see. I wouldn't say it necessarily as a good message. It's a pretty shallow message, but. <laughs> the message of this movie? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What is the message of this movie? Um, it's kind of like. Well, let's talk about the story here. He starts off really wanting two things. He wants his career to advance, but his career makes him a dick. And he wants this girl. And it was kind of like, you can only choose one or the other, right? So is the lesson of this movie, you can't have your cake and eat it too? Is it as simple as that? I. This is a good point. Right? I mean, it's kind of the good old, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. Because he wants to have this girl and he just wants to be a nice, little, quiet, stammering Billy. But then he also wants to be Dr. Horrible, who has the PhD PhD in horribleness. Indeed. And he wants to steal the uh, flunonium, or I forget what's it called, the the, one, the wonder flunium or something. Yeah. To power his freeze ray gun. He also talks about putting because poison in the water, Because he wants to join the man. evil league of evil, which I mean, I understand. Yeah, well, he wants to achieve greatness, but he wants this girl who is the complete opposite of everything that he wants. So... Maybe he just wrapped himself up too deep in this idea of who he was supposed to be that he didn't actually give his heart a chance to make a life that he wanted. But then he's got the man constantly pushing him down, saying, you're not good enough. You suck. This is who you are. And that's you're Captain just, Hammer. You're just Dr. You're, you're just, just Dr. Horrible. horrible, and you'll never be any better than that. So, I mean, it's a, it's a real... I mean... It's the same theme as Kiss Kiss or Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, whatever. Bang Bang, you're dead. Yeah, that one. Is it the same theme? I don't know. Bang, bang I don't know if it's the same theme as Bang <laughs> Bang, you're dead. Bang Bang, you're dead is is like a fictional retelling of Columbine in a way. Yeah, it's but what were those kids the, mad about? That the overall oppression of society and how. Oh, good for you for being able to pull back that far. I can't. The last time I saw Bang Bang, you're dead was probably 2012. Mm hmm. No way I'm pulling back that far. I'm All right. No way. Yeah. That's a different podcast. But I mean, the whole, I mean, the theme of the movie is that he wants to have everything. Yeah. He wants to be able to have it all. And he's not super great at any of it. Yeah. And he needs to find ways to be his best version of himself. And his best version of himself would be getting the girl Penny, who he's been kind of quietly stalking for as far as we know, at least a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. And getting into the evil league of evil and getting approval from Bad Horse, and now, or is that to say you could you could really, really, really break this down and be like, well, how did he get here to begin with? Is he seeking approval because his dad was never around, or you know, I mean, you could get into the background of that character forever, but just mm -hmm. working with what we know here, he's seeking for the approval and he wants to get the girl, and he wants to do them both, and thus far in his life, he's been thwarted by doing it. He's he hasn't tried yet with the girl. Because so far, every attempt at being evil hasn't worked out for him. And who's he thwarted by? Captain Hammer. Right? So now he finally, by chance, has to talk to this girl. And he finally thinks he's going to get his opportunity. He signs the fucking um, petition for the homeless shelter. Thinks he's going to get the opportunity to talk to her. And then, just like every other advance in his life, thwarted again by who? Mm -hmm. Mr. Captain Hammer. Mm -hmm. Now, who do you, you know, Captain Hammer? Who who do you think Captain Hammer represents? The man. The man. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about that is that him and her both want the same thing, and they say that at one point where he's you know about to rob that van, and then she's trying to get him to send send the petition for the building, and he's like, "You have to cut off the head. You need to take the power and put it in different hands," and that's his whole goal is to completely disrupt humanity in an evil way and kind of overthrow the powers that be and then put them in different hands because to the make the world different actually exactly but he says that to her and she goes well i could get behind that and she's also trying to do that same thing is just make humanity better but she's taking a different route to it well it's like the thanos argument right which is the the theory of why thanos is the perfect villain because in thanos's mind he's the hero yeah. Because he's causing all of this devastation for an ultimate end goal 
of world peace. Yeah, exactly. So it's an argument on matters of how you get there because she wants the world to be a better place, but she wants to do it the right way mm-hmm. and good. He wants to make the world a better place from his point of view. Yeah. By by the good, those good hands are his. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. he wants to take it fucking with um with an iron fist. Yeah. I don't know why I couldn't think of the phrase I was looking for there. Mm-hmm. Where she just wants everyone to be a better place because everybody's good. Mm-hmm. So it's in you know uh, the ultimate conflict of good and evil, common goal. Yeah. Different methodologies of getting there, and he you could argue that he ultimately gets there, right? But at, at what was it worth it? Well, he doesn't cost? necessarily get there. He just gets to the next step of heading there. But in well, I mean, the, but in getting there, yeah, there's some friendly fire. The whole and, goal of the movie is set up with his blog. Well, he ends up style that he wants to get into the evil league of evil. And him walking into that back room with Bad yep. Horse and yep. that other comical cast of supposed Dead bad Bowie guys. And fake Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. As he looks to the camera and the door shuts and we pan out. Yeah. That's him making the league. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's the way. So you do see it come to fruition, start to finish, goal laid out, goal achieved. Problem is we lost Penny in the process. Yeah, but the ultimate so, goal of overthrowing the powers that be was not quite achieved at the end of the movie. And that's fine. It doesn't need to fucking take you all the way and see if he ever you know, kills a president or you? whatever. But Can I be honest with you? That what? whole scene leading into him walking into that back room and he's joining the League, Evil League of Evil, I expected him to... Either they were going to shut the doors and then reopen them and everybody, all the bodies are down and he's in there alone. Mm-hmm. Or we leave the doors open and he just kills everybody. And now he is. the. That's how I thought we were going with it. And that would have been a better way to go about it. Oh, you hear that? My bad. Yeah. Because then you show him he is. I am the evil league of evil. It's just him. But I don't think that's the point they wanted. I think they no. wanted to just show that like, you know, you got, he got what, into his club. You kind of got what you wanted, but was it worth it? And you never. Pro- this was supposed to bring you happiness. But the ironic part of it is that you'll never be happy. Yeah, because you ultimately call indirectly cause the death of the only thing you ever really wanted, mm-hmm. true love. Yeah, and essentially so a colleague in this seems fight for, like a silly, stupid movie on the outside, but actually, you know, there's a lot to yeah. it. Yes, and he killed a colleague in this in this struggle for, you know, bringing the power back to the people. Because she like, you just killed one of your soldiers. She was yeah. going to do the same thing. You and wanted now the to argument do. here too and is now, that technically, mm-hmm. Captain Hammer killed her. He's trying to tell him not to shoot the gun because if you pick up on it, when he has the gun, mm-hmm. after he gets blasted, punched off of him, yeah, the gun hits the ground and it like short circuits. You can see the, the lights short out mm-hmm. and it makes a sound. And then he's pointing the gun at him and he says, oh, is this one going to work this time? And he's trying to tell him, no, don't do it. And he, Captain Hammer says, um, oh, I'm not listening to your warnings this time. I'm not falling for it. Presses the trigger. Gun explodes. Shrapnel from the gun is what kills Penny. Mm-hmm. So he was trying to stop it, but he couldn't. Yeah. So ultimately, again, mm-hmm. thwarted by Captain Hammer. Indeed. First, Captain Hammer takes the girl. Mm-hmm. Then he brings the girl to Hammertown, so to speak. <laughs> Shows her the hammer cycle. Yeah. And showing her the hammer, and it's not these. It's not the fists. And uh, then he kills her. Mm-hmm. And then he... Spends the rest of his life in therapy. We didn't even talk about the rating of this movie, and it already went up in my head, just based on. <laughs> That's the second time this I've right done here. this for you, right? Second time I talked you into the re-up. Yeah. What was the last movie we did that I talked to you? I don't remember. Wonder was Woman. No, 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 Wonder Woman was was not good. What did I give that a one point two or something? Yeah, you gave a real low score. Wonder Woman two sucked. Um, <sighs> we did Black Dynamite. We did Gangs. We did Scott Pilgrim. Was it Scott Pilgrim I talked you up on? I was already pretty high on Scott Pilgrim. What was the fourth I think movie? I did go up on Black Dynamite. What was the fourth movie we did? Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Anywho, what? Out of 10? Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to go now see. I'm going to I'm going to score this as fairly as I possibly can. Without putting in its own category because it's not a full-length film. So this number has to compete with every other movie we've done so far. So for that reason, it can't break a 7. I'm going to go 6, 8. Why can't it compete with any other movie? 
No, it has to compete with all the other movies. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. So for the fact that we're all judging it on the same scale, I can't give Gangs a high, a low eight, and then give this movie something in the sevens. I won't do it. Ah, uh, I see so what you're I'm saying. So I'm giving it a six, eight, and I'm sticking there. Because when you take it at face value for what it is, a three-part web series that was really well done on not a lot of money, mm-hmm. you could argue that this is a fucking 10 out of 10. You can make an argument that for what this was and for what it was intended to be, they hit it out of the park. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they made this movie the way they made it in 2007 and we're sitting here doing a podcast about it in 2021 says enough, right? I think that is an argument for why it can be higher. Because now imagine Gags of New York shot the same way this was shot. No, I know. That's why I'm saying it's hard to argue. That's why I'm saying it's hard to fucking make those arguments. You just have to grade them all. It's a movie. I watched it as a movie, even though it wasn't made to be a movie the same way Gangs was. Eight flat. All right. Eight flat. Matt, what do you got? Seven two. Matt's giving it a seven two. All right. That's fair. I'm not going to argue either one of you on it. I just, I already laid out my case for why it's a six eight and I'll leave it at a six eight. Fair enough. So what are the other aspects of this that we haven't touched on yet? Well, I mean, gotta, it's like, what's up? Where are we at, man? 35. Let's take a quick break. Okay. Are you ready to experience the dark and macabre? Look no further than Tiger Pack Productions. Tiger Pack Productions, independent film company by our friends Emily and Vincent. They started back in 2018. They've done a few short films, The Attack and Flora's Daughter. Award winning at dozens of festivals. This company's on the rise. They're just getting started. So why don't you guys give them a follow on their Instagram and Facebook at Tiger Pack Productions. And uh, go to their website, www.tigerpackproductions.com and see their entire catalog of products and what they offer. They're really cool people. Please check them out. So fun fact, on the DVD of this movie, there's a warning with the FBI warning in the beginning that's from the Evil League of Evil, and it states, this video disc is designated for evil purposes only, and any and all non-evil use will result in immediate self-hatred. Evil Rule of Evil 24B states that any and all infringements constitute an extreme offense with the maximum penalty of up to five nails driven into the offending skull. And a $250,000 fire. Don't be a hero. <laughs> what is a $250,000 fire? Sure, it wasn't just meant to be fine. It says fire. I'm sure it's just a typo. So, oh, another fun fact. Neil Patrick Harris did all of his own stunts. Good. Good to know. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know Neil Patrick Harris did his own stunts. Yeah, yeah. It was truly one of a kind. You don't really see that too often. No, not these days. Not with pretty faces like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Tom Cruise, official badass. Guy's a loser. Ah. You're three inches taller than Tom Cruise. Okay. So he's a loser? <laughs> I'm supposed <laughs> to buy that he's a super action hero when he's five foot three? How, when did you find out that he was five foot three? I've known he was five foot three my whole life. That's you, why I never Your whole knew life? He's only five six. Yeah. I mean, just. Yeah, you know, that's weird. I know my friends. I don't know. <laughs> That's all am I. He's at least five seven. He's six one. Yeah, just about. Yeah, he's right. standing on a fucking chair. Okay, calm down. <laughs> all right. Um, Best actor, gotta be Neil. It's right? Neil. It's, it's Neil. Neil. All I mean, the way. There's not a big cash to to really even make this argument with. Yeah. I don't think anyone comes close to taking it from him. It's Neil. Mm-hmm. Neil makes this whole thing work largely. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much more we have to talk about that. Anything else you want to speak on about Neil's performance? No. It was just good. It was just good. The kid's in it. Yeah, Neil, he's kind of like always Neil, but plays different ways to make a character, right? Like every character he plays yeah. is pretty much a version of himself, just slightly different. Like there were pieces of Barney from How I Met Your Mother and pieces of Doogie Howser mixed in with some new quirks to make mm-hmm. this character. That's at least how I found it. Maybe I'm just not able to strip Barney Stinson off of his face. Uh, <laughs> but maybe it's a me thing. But that's no. how I feel about it. But that's fine. It works. Yeah. He and like took- you don't feel that way in serious roles like Gone Girl. Like I don't that, that's like that's I don't Neil feel Patrick like I'm Harris watching I don't feel like I'm watching Barney Stinson. No, but Neil Patrick Harris also has some roles where it's like, oh that's fucking Neil Patrick Harris. Well maybe it's just Harold and Kumar, but I don't know. He's kind of created 
a thing for himself where when he comes on screen, he is himself. And then he has to get over the hump of trying to, like, convince you that he's a character. Which he did for me in Gone Girl. I was excited when I saw his face because I was like, oh, shit. Fucking he did really, face. really well in Gone Girl. Better than I thought. Because as soon as you see him, you're like, oh, it's Neil. He's going to do some Neil stuff, you know. Like, <laughs> Do yeah. a little bit of Doogie Howser, a little bit of Barney, and move on. And that's not the case in Gone Girl. I was really, uh, and yeah. I knew he could sing because I knew he was a he was a stage actor. Mm-hmm. I thought that's the first time I've ever seen him do a musical. So he plays this role where he's he's basically an aspiring actor in this fucking movie. You know, it's just instead of acting, it's being evil. And he lives in L.A. and he does these little blogs that few people watch. Eh, actually, a good amount of people watch. Enough people watch to get the LAPD in on it. And he gets fan mail. And he gets a lot of hate mail. Yeah. But, yeah, he just kind of knocked it out of the park. And then he's got some funny things, like when they're in the, when Penny's singing the song and on a date. And he's pouring, and the, he's pouring the fucking soup yeah. but missing it. <laughs> and just wearing the fake stash. Yeah, he's good. He's funny. He gets it. Um, favorite scene is that it or is it uh, everyone's a hero everyone's a hero is by far my favorite scene and song in this movie everyone's a hero is a great holy scene. shit would that not fly today no no even friggin tards can be heroes yeah and, <laughs> among other things it's funny <laughs> it's comedy it's good probably wouldn't fly so much today but it's yeah it's that was the funnest song I think the most fun song mm-hmm Right. Yeah. There was I that. Mean, what else is up there for for best scene? I mean, I think it's that one far and away. Well, the scene. Of... I also like when he's talking about his plan with the ray gun, and then it just cuts right back to him in the same chair without uh-huh. the ray gun or the with the bruise or the <laughs> chemical, and his face is all busted up. Yeah. And he's just sad. And it he's looks like, like well, he's gonna cry. <laughs> he's like, see you at the aftermath. Peace. And then he comes back and he's like, well, yeah. I made a few mistakes, <laughs> guys. Sorry, it's uh, it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, and then that's when his life flips, and he's kind of cornered. Then it's like you have to kill somebody, or we're gonna kill you. Yeah, you're either in or you're out at this point. So go assassinate someone, or that's it. It's over. Not only yeah, I mean your life's over. Yeah, it's gonna be all over for you. You're making it sound like they just won't let him into the league. I feel like there's no, higher. I just said it's gonna be all over for you. Mm. What's what's higher than that? You kill someone, or they're gonna kill you. That's what the evil league of evil told them. Yeah. A horse, I also a horse I mean, nonetheless. Yeah, the bad horse. I would throw the back the that last scene where he's just gone on to be successful at being horrible and winds up in the league at the end. That's up there for me for one of the better scenes, although nothing is gonna top everyone can be a hero. Um, so I think that one's my favorite scene, your favorite scene as yes. well. He check, I'm giving the three the three horse riders. I was going to say, messengers. it's kind of only between them and Moist. Them, Moist. Um, I don't know who The else. mayor a little bit. I mean, I think it's them. It's, you know, this is one of those movies that there's only really four people acting it and everyone else is yeah. an extra for the most part. So it's hard. But I think those three, it's got to be the, the messengers from the bad horse every time, you know, with the letter and then with the phone calls. Yeah. That because it's changing, it one of which is Jed. Oh, is it? Yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, didn't I don't know, know which that. one, but one of them is Jed. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, that's my um, the heat Jed. Check. Jed gets my heat Jed check. gets the heat check. Jed gets the heat all right. Check. I'll give it to Jed. Jed <laughs> Whedon, congratulations. You, you're the first non actor to get a heat check award on the rewind. No, he well, he was you know, he's one of the horse people, voice acting. He was one of the horse people. Bad horse, bad horse, bad horse, bad horse. Right. Yeah. All right. So fine. Mm-hmm. Fine. We'll count it as an actor. He's not <laughs> yeah. an actor. Guys. He's in the credits. Fight me, Jed. He's actually two roles in the credits. He's also dead Bowie. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's that's how low budget it was. We got to have uh, all the producers. Or how quirky. Kristen Stewart Award for bad acting. Again, not many choices. Is it? It's either Fillion or uh, Felicia Day. I like Fillion. You like him? I like Fillion. He's not really overacting, though. You don't think he's really going for it? I think he is, but... You know, it might be Fillion. 
if we had to give one, I think it would be Nathan Fillion, Captain Hammer. Just yeah, cause you know what? Just because it's super what? over the top, it's super cheesy. It's like what? What's her name? Felicia Day, Penny. Yeah, so Penny, when he's done going on his rant about like cutting off the head of the fish, and then like it's about taking power and overturning it, and she's like, "Well, I can get behind that." And then long pause, and so this is about the building. <laughs> I think yeah. that delivery was enough to win. Yeah, over. And he doesn't have that same moment. <laughs> yeah, like now, granted, the character's written to be cheesy and shitty, and like it's supposed to look like you know. The, yeah, like, but you could have changed typical, it up. You could have. But there's like certain things you listen. All of these characters are written to be cheesy and well, shitty. Neil Patrick Harris, and character his character's is cheesy, and he still cheesy. does it. Yeah, like he, he does it well. So, yeah, it's Nathan Fillion as Captain Hammer. I think that role. Now that role was funny. Mm-hmm. No. Imagine if Hater played that role. Would he have to be beefy though? I mean, this kind of movie, you could just put him in a foam muscle suit. Or like Pratt. A what about Pratt? Pratt would have been fat and not not known. At the time. Yeah, yeah, that's what you're All saying. Right. Like Hater in 2008 was already in Hot Rod. Yeah. So Hater was already a guy at that point that could have. I just think his kind, the way he acts, the way like that. The way he plays that character in Hot Rod, mm-hmm. like that whole shtick to him, to that ca- that's what that character Captain Hammer was missing, right? The little bit of like, uh, je ne sais quoi. I don't know what. <laughs> if you've seen Hot Rod, you know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Like, that, that little French term. Yeah. That, that, that little I don't know what. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of just translated what was on the page onto the screen without much filter, I feel. Yeah. Just going in. So it's him. Yeah. We can agree to that. It's him. All right. right. Um, Good job, Jed. Good job, Jed. Shout out to Jed for only being on the screen for about 37 seconds and taking the heat. That's a heat check. Yeah. That's a heat check if I ever seen one. It takes you under a minute of screen time to steal the show. Mm -hmm. Good for you, Jed. I mean, again, composed the film. All All the music was great. Jed really is the standout performer here, isn't he? Yeah, he gets the heat check award. He gets the heat check award. He gets a fourth of the writing credits. Think he gets directing credit, or is that just Joss Whedon who gets directing credit? Can we look up Jed Whedon uh, sexual allegations or something? No, it's Joss Whedon. I know. I just want to see if Jed's clean before we fucking make. Before we hand him awards. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I keep doing that. Now, Jed seems to be clean. After a 15-second Google search, Jed Whedon's clean. For now. <laughs> he just All says, the Joss Whedon abuse, that's a headline. So it seems like his brother. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like it's all Joss and it's all heavily involving Justice League and then the Buffy the Vampire stuff. Yeah, it's a real bummer. So, yeah, that's a bummer, but good on Jed. All of the music, we only talked about the one song. And only only the one song, uh, Everyone Could Be Heroes, the only one we talked about. But there's 14 tracks. Laundry Mat, See You There. There's 14 original tracks Underwear written tumbling. and composed by Jed. Come yeah, on. it's I mean, it's a murderer's row of good, I mm. guess, satire. The movie? Like satire um, musical to a degree. Yeah, I mean, it's like you see, like you see same. a lot of typical musical tropes, but we're taking a very not serious angle on it and telling the story of Dr. Horrible. Yeah, well, it was the same genre that like Cabin in the Woods is. Just musical instead of horror. <clears throat> Playing on the tropes of oh the story fair and yeah you lost me there for a second a never seen Kevin in the Woods oh great yeah, yeah, yeah. do that sometime you know I'm not a horror guy but get in the comments call we me a bitch it. I don't like it's scary just... movies I don't know what you want me to tell you what's that have to do with anything we get it's I not don't... even a scary movie it's just a good movie you're doing this thing that you have a way of doing where you try to talk me into something you could sell ice to a polar bear. <laughs> You fucking right. maybe look maybe we will we could we we could throw it on the coming list. soon to a Don't headphone do near you cabin <laughs> in the woods. 
We could just jump into it now. Watch it. No. Talk while we're watching it. Nah. Really get the experience. Not a single chance. All right. Um, I mean, that's it. Final thoughts. I'm sticking 6.8. Yeah, I'm solid 8. I'll, I'll chill there. And... Now I was just going to talk more about Joss being talented. I mean, you could. But, I don't know if we need to... In yeah. light of recent events... But, well, fuck all that. That's whatever. Um, I just, it's got nothing like, to do with the man's the career. Yeah, as far as the work goes on this. I don't know. It's kind of like... Look, let's just... I don't think... To see, it's good to see a short film and the kind of script, like, just take over. Because, I mean, even the directing choices, like, there wasn't that many, like... There wasn't really anything out of the box as far as that goes. You know, it was kind of just like, let the actors do their thing. They had one shot where all of the um in the laundry mat when they're singing the song and then all of the dryers open up and you see through them and Penny's like in the foreground and then he's through all the glass mm-hmm. in the background and that was neat but there wasn't really anything else that seemed like a super creative it's it's really just a strong script well there was the horseman coming out behind um, it's a strong script with well-composed music all the songs hit mm-hmm. and you're carried by you know neil patrick harris neil patrick harris is tom brady you know like mm-hmm. he's the tom brady of this movie you put him out there and it doesn't matter what else he's got it's a strong game plan it's a strong quarterback and we're gonna fucking win the game mm-hmm. and that's kind of the way that i see this movie going you know like you said well but perfect example that a low-budget indie film can still be good if the script is good and the idea of the mil- the film itself is a solid film, you know, like perfect example of that, mm-hmm. that you don't need to make this $120 million blockbuster to make a good movie. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and it's also a lesson in minimal storytelling with a camera. Like there aren't that many cuts. It's one camera, right? One. Ca- well, most is movies it? are one camera, but it's not many cuts. It's not like we're one shot doing fast really montages yeah. or like the, like when Captain Hammer jumped onto the van and the first time you saw him, it was like a shot of his feet hitting the van, tilting up to his face, and then a wider shot of him on top of the van. And he's just kind of singing a song doing that. And that's about it. There's not all this like crazy action or movement going on. So Yeah, and it worked. You don't need a lot yeah, to make it work. Tell the story, but have a good story to tell. And it was. I enjoyed it. It was good. This isn't going to be the last Joss Whedon uh, film that we speak on regardless of what happens. So you're just going to have to get over that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's fine. We're going to wrap it up. That's fine. We're wrapping it up right now. That was, um, that was Dr. Horrible's sing along blog with me and Gage and producer Matt. And that's it. That's the rewind. We'll see you next time. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show, whatever movie it was about. Uh, This is a generic pre-recorded outro, but we hope you had fun. We sure do. Thanks for listening. See you next week. And the only prescription is more cowbell. We will not go quietly into the night. Stay gold. I will not die sober. Get those fucking loose. That's all, folks.